Hey there, this is Barbara McDermott with Shift Formula and just getting off of a call with one of my clients. She is navigating through breast cancer and when she connected the dots between diabetes, which she also struggles with, and now a diagnosis of cancer, in her case, breast cancer, when she was able to connect the dots between those two diseases, between those two conditions, between those two situations in her life, the light bulb went off. And you know what? The uncertainty that she had been grappling with for months is erased. She is totally clear, has clarity, an absolute certainty that she knows exactly what to do to kick both of these to the curb. Let's take a look. And the reason I'm doing this today is she encouraged me, you know, she's this simplified science has got to get out into the world. We've got to help people understand all the correlation. You know, we as a society tend to divide up in tribes. The Alzheimer's walk is over there, and the breast cancer event is over there, and the diabetes event is down the street, and the other cancer is up the street. And we think that we're all doing something different because each of our cure is different. However, when you look at the boiled down first principle of any of these conditions, they're all related to metabolic health, we can see that we can very simply enact some tightened you know, ways of living that can really address these. Okay, enough rambling, let's go on. So when you hear the word diabetes, and this diabetes I'm talking about type two diabetes, why? Because type one diabetes is the autoimmune version, right? It's your pancreas is attacked and your body can't produce insulin. But type two diabetes is, is a condition that develops, okay? What develops? Well, we all know that blood sugar tends to rise or you have high blood sugar, right? What is blood sugar? Well, blood sugar is the glucose, that's the real word, the glucose that ends up in your bloodstream from the food that you just ate for lunch. Okay, you eat a meal for lunch, the carbohydrate portion of that meal breaks down to glucose. The protein portion make, breaks down to amino acids, the fat portion breaks down to fatty acids. Of those three, it's the carbohydrate primarily that, well, completely, all the carbohydrate ends up as blood sugar in your bloodstream. Why does it go there? Let's think about that. The reason the glucose goes into your bloodstream is because your bloodstream is like the pathway. It, it's, the, it's the highway that sends the fuel. Blood sugar is fuel. It sends it to all the cells of the body, right? When it's in your blood, it's called blood sugar. But then it gets dispersed all over your body. It gets used by cells for energy. Some of it goes in your muscles to be stored for later use, emergency-like glycogen energy. And your liver stores some for helping to rebalance your blood sugar as needed or give your brain a little something like that. If you're ready to do, you know, a show or something, you got to have that energy pop, okay? So blood sugar is a problem when it gets trapped in your blood. It's also a problem when it gets trapped around your waist as belly fat. That's a problem, isn't it? Why is blood sugar a problem for cancer? Because cancer cells voraciously consume big amounts of sugar, blood sugar. 
if you're in a cancer situation and my cells want some of the blood sugar, my healthy cells, who do you think is going to get the lion's share of the blood sugar? Cancer. Cancer cells are engineered. They're designed to take advantage of an advantage. And they will preferentially steal glucose from your blood. Kind of the other cells kind of get left behind. And the cancer cells get fed. So blood sugar supports cancer cells. So if you're an individual who has lots of sugar in their blood, it doesn't bode well if you've just been diagnosed with cancer, does it? No, it doesn't. When blood sugar is elevated, there's a hormone that is released by your pancreas. The interesting thing is your cells have a gatekeeper against <laughs> sugar. You know, your body has to release insulin. Insulin signals the cells to open up and allow. We have to allow sugar into the cells. That's insulin. So insulin, the hormone, is released in proportion to the blood sugar amount that just went into your bloodstream because of the lunch you just ate. Okay, this is a hypothetical small, you know, small example. Well, what does insulin have to do with this cancer? Crikes, that's what I say. You know, when you have a kid with type 1 diabetes, man, you know a thing or two about insulin and blood sugar, don't you? So insulin for the purpose of cancer you know, cancer cells are um, behaving badly. They are in constant grow mode. They should, you know, every cell has the capability of becoming cancerous, of, of going rogue, of, of being um, manipulated to start behaving wrongly and just keep growing, unchecked growth. We have a built-in, every cell has a built-in suicide mechanism, so to speak. It's called apoptosis. When a cell is behaving wrong, there's a self-destruct thing in it that should trigger, and that cell should eliminate itself from our body. Well, apoptosis is part of the whole autophagy mechanism. Autophagy is your body's natural detoxing, cell renewal, let's keep things working as they should be mechanism. Well, the only time that autophagy, and in particular apoptosis for cancer, which would cancel it out, is turned on, is when blood sugar and insulin are down low. This poor person with diabetes has been in high blood sugar, high insulin. So the ability of these cells to just self-destruct was turned off. And now, because of the blood sugar and insulin, it's actually supporting cancer cell growth because insulin... It's the hormone that helps a cancer cell generate what's called angiogenesis. You know, you know, I hate, you know, cancer is ugly. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a cell and it has all of these vessels, these blood vessels. They're like an alien reaching out to suck up what? Sugar from your bloodstream. You know, a healthy cell is, a, you know, there you go. A cancer cell becomes this mass, and it's really um, invasive, right? Well, the angiogenesis, angio, blood, genesis, creation, creating new blood vessels. So that cancer cell can say, feed me, and draw in all the sugar that's in your bloodstream.
to do its unchecked growth. So insulin is the hormone that supports angiogenesis and blood sugar is what angiogenesis, you know, it can pull in the sugar to keep growing. So can you see why someone with type 2 diabetes is up a creek, so to speak, when it comes to cancer? Now, if it's breast cancer, which in this case it was or is, you know, the type 2 diabetes, the blood sugar and the insulin, that's what's causing our belly fat. So even if we're not high blood sugar in a lab, the blood sugar's been dispersed and we're wearing it as belly fat. So I will have belly fat accumulation when I have a constant blood sugar influx, more than I need, and an insulin response. Both of those together create belly fat. And when insulin levels are up, you know I've said this a zillion times, this is why going to the gym doesn't work out for you. This is why even dieting doesn't work out for you. If you haven't reduced or minimized insulin in your life, you can't burn body fat. When insulin levels are elevated, body fat burning is shut down, it's turned off. Fat burning enzyme lipase is not being produced. You are not burning body fat when insulin levels are elevated. That's why our shift formula, we call it putting a lid on diabetes, a lid on cancer, a low insulin diet, a low insulin way of eating. Well, talk about this belly fat. The reason belly fat is such a problem, you know, sure, we carry fat, some other parts of our body, but guys and gals, we both pack it on right here. Visceral belly fat, as it accumulates, starts to behave like a gland. And this belly fat in my new client was actually churning out another cancer, breast cancer supporting compound. It's putting out estrogen. So now, in addition to giving it food and labeling it to grow, we're also providing a stimulant to actually grow the very tissued cells, breast cancer cells, which would also grow the breast cancer tumor cells. So there's, there it is very simply why being in a breast cancer situation and a type 2 diabetes situation or type 1, you know, our type 1 friends too, blood sugar, insulin. But here's the thing. Even if we're just this part of the equation, this stuff is part of it. Even though we're not diagnosed with diabetes, we have what we call hyperinsulinemia. We have elevated amounts of insulin, and it doesn't bode well for cancer at all. And there are a few other reasons, which I'm not going to get in here to today, but just understand that when it comes to reversing or restoring or reclaiming your health, beating cancer, literally getting out of diabetes, diabetes doesn't even have to be. Isn't that something we should be done with in the next 20 years? No one should have type 2 diabetes. When we understand it, we can actually say, actually, that's kind of a choice. And I say that with great empathy and sensitivity, because it's not easy. Not easy. But once you understand <laughs> how to minimize insulin in your life, even if you're injecting insulin, you live and eat in such a way that you need the least amount of insulin possible. That's what we did for our daughter. 40 pounds came off of her frame, and she's living life again. I had to rhyme that. A little silly.
but there it is. When it comes to changing your life, I can't change it for you. Only you can change it for you. And it's a choice that you make. But I guarantee you that the shift formula content that I encourage you to get involved with will change your life. Okay, thanks so much for stopping by. And if you have friends out there grappling with type 2 diabetes and or cancer, you know where to send them.